Today I am talking with Hannah Olson to discuss all things motherhood and fitness. Welcome to the Holistic Lifestyle Podcast, where I help busy Christian moms create schedules that eliminate stress, ditch toxins, and experience God-given freedom of peace. Okay, Hannah, go ahead and introduce yourself to my listeners. Just say hello and tell us a little bit about you. Okay. Hi, everyone. My name is Hannah Olson. I am a health and fitness coach for women, and I specialize in pregnancy and postpartum fitness. I also have an 11-month-old baby girl named Amelia myself, and she is so adorable. I currently live in Wilmington, North Carolina, but we are open to moving all over the country, so we don't really know where we're going to settle down. Awesome. I love, yeah, I love that you're local-ish to me so that's been really exciting you know meeting more people in the area I live about an hour from there but we go there you know from time to time and so it's really cool to find people locally but that's so interesting that you're like open to anywhere so does this mean even like out of the country anywhere oh yeah so my husband and I have talked about like going to Italy for a year and just living so like when our kids are older giving them kind of an out of the country experience to learn different cultures so we're, we're pretty open to to trying new experiences so like to travel there or to move there, would it be like well, to like move there and then live there for a year and then then come back to the States? We definitely want to like stay long term in the States, but we're open to living for more short term periods in other countries. Yeah. So interesting. Sorry. I always have to ask about stuff. <laughs> no, it's, <awesome. laughs> it's, it's interesting when you find, you know, there's some people that are like, they grew up in one place and want to stay there. Mm-hmm. And then other right. times people are you know, all over the place and somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I kind of land somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I'm putting down roots here where I'm at, but mm-hmm. I also want to still travel in general. Um, of course. A little bit less right now, although things have gotten better to where I'm like, yes, no masks. I will yeah. run the airplane again. <laughs> like, yes, it's so nice. We actually, we just traveled to Arizona and there wasn't any masks on the plane. I was like, this is awesome. Because yeah. usually, you know, it's just, I feel like it's harder for children, especially during that time. So I know all the moms with little kids were really excited that their kids could not have to wear a mask for the whole flight. Yeah. I actually yeah. was like, if I have to go anywhere, I'm driving because I'm not putting a mask on my kid. Like, yeah. <laughs> I ended up just not going anywhere, but <laughs> that's okay. Um, so I wanted to ask you some questions, of course, about fitness in general. Um, these kind of come from things like questions that I have in general, but also that I feel would be really beneficial for my listeners as well. Um, so number one is what gets you motivated to work out? Cause motivation can be so hard. It, <laughs> yeah, it can be really hard. And it's, it's interesting because I feel like everyone has their own motivators, but for me personally, it's my mental health. Because if I don't exercise, I feel weighed down. It's like my body physically needs that stress reliever, especially because my daughter doesn't sleep very well. And I think that if I just spent all of my time just constantly taking care of her, not doing anything for myself, I would feel overwhelmed. Okay, one moment. 
Okay, we had a little interruption because we had a potty break for my son that came in, but uh, Hannah was telling us about how mental health is a big part of her motivation for working out. And so I guess my question to that is, you feel that working out can actually in turn help with your mental health, like it actually makes you feel better in that area. 100%, especially, so for me, I struggled a little bit with postpartum anxiety. I wasn't to the point where I needed medication, but it was enough to kind of mess with my everyday life for a little while. And so when I reached my six months postpartum mark, I decided, all right, I'm going to start working out. I'm going to see if this helps with my energy and my mental space. And 100% it did. I honestly felt like releasing that stress and that anxiety through building my muscles and getting stronger and taking time for myself, it really helped me to have a more positive mindset. Yeah, that makes sense because it's really easy to not take time to take care of ourselves. Right, right. I, I joke with my husband because with our first son, it was like showers for me. I go like a week and not shower. And I was like, why oh. have I not showered? Oh my <laughs> I have baby throw up on me. I need to just get in the shower. And my view right. was that like, you know, babies, they can just cry all the time, honestly. My first yeah. time was really colicky. Mm-hmm. And so it was just really hard. Like anytime I set them down, they would cry and we kind of worked it out to where it was like, okay, he is home now. He's going to go ahead and help with the kiddo. So I just have to actually like ask like, Hey, time so I can go and take a shower. Yes. And I think that's important too, because a lot of moms feel like they don't have help or that they want to do it themselves, but actually asking for help is so important. Like there were times where my husband was off in the morning. So I'd say, Hey, can you watch her for 30 minutes so I can go run? Or can you watch her for 20 minutes? So I can go take a 20 minute nap because I'm exhausted. And I think that even with fitness, you need rest days too, because your body needs to recover. Okay. So you don't do like five days or something in a row do you all um, so right now what I'm doing is I usually have one day during the week off and then Sunday I always take off as a rest day okay so kind of mm-hmm. okay so I do like it's still five days a week I work out but I have two rest days okay nice and you break it up to where it's more paced throughout Right. And if I'm having a really bad week, for example, when Amelia was getting her bottom teeth, it was so difficult. I was up 24 seven. It felt like I, I really think I only functioned on two hours of sleep for three days and just like two hours every day type. And so I was completely wiped out and exhausted. And that week I just took it easy. I did not push myself. I was like, I know that I will have a breakdown if I try to do anything closely. <laughs> Good job uh, adjusting yeah. to that because that's kind of yeah, like it was it was a hard three days and then she finally like got over it got some sleep and then I was like okay I'm feeling good I'm gonna get back into my workout routine but there will be things that life throws at you and don't feel bad for taking rest days and yeah. just yeah, don't feel guilty <laughs> yeah that's so important and so nice to hear that reminder because yeah yeah being on like two three hours of sleep and you're like I have to do this. No. Right. Oh yeah. I'm like, I'm not doing this. I can't handle it. And I think it takes, it takes bravery to say, I cannot handle this right now. I'm going to take care of myself that way. 
That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this kind of brings me into like, when do you find the time to work out, especially with having a kid? Is there a certain time of day or thing that you've worked out with your partner to where, you know, he's watching the kid for a little kind of like what we were talking about earlier? So basically what I do is I actually don't have a scheduled set time. I feel like mornings are best for me personally with Amelia's schedule. Um, but yeah, Chad, he, he works a lot. He has overtime hours and I'm with Amelia by myself a lot. And I think that what I do is I'll put her in her playpen and she can watch me do my workout or I'll put her in the swing and she'll take a nap and then I'll do a workout. Or now since she's almost one, she likes to actually sit beside me and watch me work out and try to do things with me. And I, yeah, I think I'm just, I make the time. There isn't a scheduled time. You just have to choose to make that time. Okay. And so you aim for the morning time kind of just because that feels yeah. good for you, but it's not yeah. always like a certain. Yeah, it's not always. So like if I have tons, of, like let's say Amelia has a doctor's appointment and I have to go grocery shopping and during the morning time, getting all those things done would be better for me than during her afternoon nap, I'll do a workout or I'll even get her to sleep at night. And if I haven't worked out and I feel like I need to do a workout, I'll do a night workout before I go to bed. That's so good with staying consistent because mm-hmm. you're like, I'm just going to adjust it based on however my day in life is just right. like thrown at me today. Yes. So I have found that I've actually liked working out before bed. I think mm-hmm. it kind of gives me that extra kick of energy and then I crash. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just good because you, you start to create muscle fatigue and then when you go to bed, you're like, oh, I can finally rest. I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really yeah. weird. But I also just, I mean, I have more energy in the morning now, but it's something I've had to build to. Like I've had to force myself yeah. to wake up <laughs> earlier and go to bed earlier mm-hmm. because I, I easily stay up later and that just doesn't work. <laughs> <I'm being kidding. laughs> um, okay. And so what would you say is the best way to ease back into exercise after having a baby? So like that postpartum period and you're clear yeah. for working out again, like mm-hmm. how can you gently do that? Like what would so you what I did and what I recommend to everyone is actually when you are two weeks postpartum, start doing breathing exercises. So right during that time, almost every woman has a little bit of diastasis recti, which is where your abs separate, right, from making room for the baby. And of course, you know, you can do the, the finger check to see how, how many like spaces there are and how severe your diastasis recti is. And so I can never found into that too. Um, okay, let me expound into that really quick. So the best thing to do is you lay down on your stomach and then you can actually feel a gap in between your abs right after you have a baby. And the how you check is you put one finger in the gap. Is it a one finger dip gap or is it two? Because you'll feel that the abs aren't there. And so for me, I actually had a two finger gap right on my stomach where my abs were separated. And so breathing exercises actually help heal and bring those abs back together. So that is what you start with in postpartum. And a lot of women actually confuse it when they're six weeks. They're like, okay, I'm going to start doing a bunch of crunches. Wrong. That is the absolute worst thing to do for your body because it actually makes them separate even worse because you haven't given them the healing that they need from the breathing and vacuum suctioning. So like you breathe really deep and breathe out. And then 
inhale it back in and vacuum suction it. So it's kind of like, it's teaching your abs naturally through your breathing, how to come back together. And that is the first ab exercise that you should do postpartum. I can actually, I was just breathing in. I can actually feel a little bit like it's coming closer slightly, like things. Right. In. So I can see that helping. Mm-hmm. With that. That's so interesting. I'm yes. like, not laying down, but I'm like feeling, and I still feel like I have like two fingers, which is weird. I'm like, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. That's super interesting. And a lot of women, I mean, naturally, because you just expand your body and the more children that you have, the more common it is to have diastasis recti for a while, especially if you don't do the breathing exercises. Um, but I definitely, they helped me a ton. Mm. And I think for me, my lower abs, it was harder and it's still, I mean, every mom has hard time with, with their lower abs at first, but it extremely helped my lower abs. And then also with a core ball, that is another thing that is great. You actually put it between your legs and do a glute bridge and do the breathing exercises. And that helps with your lower abs. And on my Instagram, I have a postpartum recovery workout saved that you can check out too. It's, you have to scroll down to find it, but it's there. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I'll have to lay down and like actually feel, I know that my midwife mm-hmm. said that I had it a little bit postpartum, mm-hmm. but that was, you know, like 14 months ago now, but I also right. <laughs> taken extra, I do the whole, like, I'm going to do it yeah. <laughs> I, like, go strong for a week. And then it's like, Oh, I don't feel like doing it anymore. So I have to like ease myself into it. For yes. sure. So I really like the idea of actually breathing and focusing on that. Some. So that, that's really cool. And then, so you're saying around that six week mark though, when you're cleared, like by your doctors, um, what would you, what would you kind of do around then if not crunches like what are, what's a gentle so you still want to use your core ball and do the breathing exercises for your core that is the most important thing but you can do other core type exercises like squats because they work the core glutes and and thigh muscles and that starts with with toning that whole general area so i would do squats lunges you can even do like a lot of arm work where you lay on your back and like press up press down just to get the muscles moving, but you don't want to do any hard exercises on your core. Yeah. I wonder, um, do you think lifting your little baby would be too hard Mm -hmm. at that point? Um, like, are you saying lifting them for the actual weight for, yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, on your back and you're, you know, kind of up or if you're like, holding your baby and doing a squat. Cause I found with my first son that when I would work out, I would try and incorporate him kind of with yeah. little things like that, but that was later on. So I'm kind of wondering. Yeah. I think it's really good when the baby's like four or five months old to start doing things like that. But when they're a new baby and you're just starting to work out, that wouldn't be my first suggestion because babies are over two pounds <laughs> at that point. They're like, you know, around eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, that kind of range of pounds wise. And you want to make sure you're starting out with a small weight, like twos or fives. Okay. I like that. I have actually, (laughs) it's right here by my desk. (laughs) It's always trying to get me to wear these. Yeah. (laughs) These like You guys can't see because we're on video too, but it's like a ankle or wrist weight that you like clip on to you and just like working out I did this yeah. for like a week 
I haven't done it. So my husband leaves it in random spots that I'll see. So like right by my desk here, like, oh, and like, I've, I've just grown. Like, oh, I forgot about this. Yeah. But then now we're talking about weights. I look over, I'm like, oh, it's right there. Yeah. Also something too, that I would suggest when you're first starting out is yoga. So the cat cow is a very, very good exercise for postpartum. And that again is great for your breathing as well. Um, so, and yoga is also really good to help diastasis recti come back together. Yeah. I get that in general, like just movement of the body stretching, like will really help just with the blood flow, which helps healing and all that. So that really makes sense. Yeah. And you know, something too, that a lot of people don't realize that you can do no impact cardio, which is where you obviously you don't want to go running at six weeks postpartum. Just don't do it. Unless you've been like a marathon runner (laughs) during your pregnancy and everything, then sure, go for it. But if you're not a runner and you want to get back into cardio, do no impact cardio. So that looks like the little weights and reps for 60 seconds, you know? So it's just doing something for 60 seconds, taking a short 15 second break, moving on to the next exercise because you're still getting your heart rate up like you're doing cardio, but it's no impact. Yeah. You know, I'm curious, would pregnancy and postpartum workouts actually be really similar in that beginning? Like they are. Yeah. So I did, I did bar blend during my pregnancy and it actually prepared me a ton for labor because I actually squatted my daughter out, which is a whole different story, (laughs) but that is how she was born. Oh it was crazy, but so, you know, in bar blend, it's a lot of muscle and strength training on your legs and your hips. And since I did a specific pregnancy bar blend course, it was using those two pound weights, which is the low, no impact. And it was the same as in you do something for 60 seconds, take a 15 second break. And it's just how you keep yourself in good shape and your heart rate good and checked because you don't want to overdo it while you're pregnant because that can affect your baby. Yeah. I think that's yeah. one of the ones that you sent me that I tried out. Yes. I was like, woo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, my legs are on fire and she has one called the booty burn. And literally I could not sit down for a day. Oh. <laughs> This is why I have to ease myself. Like, and the thankfully, the program that I do it goes trimester by trimester, and mm-hmm. so you have specific to first trimester things that I can help you overcome nausea. You've got the second trimester, which is like the sweet spot where you can do a little bit heavier things, your belly's not huge yet, you're not having all the hip pain yet. Then in the third trimester, a lot of the workouts were helping you stretch the hip hips and then doing hip circles with um, resistance bands to build strength in your hips to get ready for labor. It was, it was just phenomenal. And, you know, I think that's so important because when we think about not exercising at all during pregnancy, it's like, we need that endurance for labor. Like one of the biggest struggles for labor is actually the exhaustion. That's like one of the biggest reasons why Mm -hmm. people will end up wanting epidurals or stuff like that. Right. And I can tell you, I had a 24 hour labor and I did it all natural. Wow. And so it was intense and hard, but I know that because I worked out throughout my whole pregnancy that every day I repeated to myself, I can do this when I go into labor because in the program, you actually have, I am statements that you say, so I'm strong. I am brave. I can do this. Things like that. I've been telling myself that for months in advance. So when I started my labor and it got really hard, 
I got my husband to remind me, my midwives to remind me and myself. And I would repeat, I am strong. I can do this. I'm going to bring my baby here. And I did. And I squatted her out on the side of the bathtub and I pushed that baby out <laughs> and, I, and I held her for the first time and it was wonderful. But I just thought it was so crazy that that was the way that my body wanted to deliver her because I'd been prepared for it. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. So you had a whole birth then. Well, I had a, um, a birth center birth, so oh, it felt nice. very homey and there's, you know, the bathtub and the bed and, yeah. and all that, but it was, it was wonderful. Yeah. yeah my first son was in a hospital mm-hmm. and that was like eight, 12, 18 hours, 12, maybe it was 12 hours. It was mm-hmm. significantly longer than my second one, which was only like five hours. And it probably, wow. was, yeah, I've heard that that's common that as you have more kids, since your body can kind of just remember that how your labors are shorter yeah and so I'm like okay that makes sense but That's awesome. it, it was definitely yeah, yeah. It, so it my daughter different. she was posterior which she would have been born sooner but she kept getting stuck under my pelvic bone and so mm. it was actually the squats that helped her get under that bone which was really cool you know that kind of reminds me um what is that called I want to say Braxton Hicks, but that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> pregnancy related, but um, it's a type of birthing method, Bradley method. That's what it's called. Yeah, the Bradley. Mm-hmm. And they talk about, yeah, like different, I think, stretching and kind of yeah. you can do in order to help get your baby in a better position. Yeah, I did that. I tried a lot of different positions when I was in labor. And for me personally, because of the way she was positioned, I really needed to help expand and open my hips up so she could get under that bone. Yeah, you know, the first time around, I guess maybe just in the hospital bed or I just felt so unsure honestly I don't know um definitely like breathing praying those birthing affirmations helped um I really liked the what was it pain is just like this is just oh wait pain is temporary and it's a powerful pressure like thinking of it as a a powerful pressure pressure. instead of pain yes Mm -hmm. um those two really helped me but I noticed the second time around, I actually, it was more so a like kneeling position, more mm-hmm. so than squatting. I was like on my knees and yeah. forward on like all the pillows. On and the hands, hands and knees helped me a lot too. I did that a lot. Yeah. It's interesting yeah. how, I don't know. I think maybe since that one was a home birth, I just felt more comfortable to move around and try more things. Yeah. I only tried a couple in the hospital and I was like, no, I don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> I ended up just being on my back, which is pretty typical. But I think that that actually, there's been studies that have kind of shown that can slow labor. So that can it be does slow labor because it's not like the ideal, um, like hip tilt positioning and gravity, gravity yeah. helps you deliver your baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Okay. So then do you have like some favorite types of workouts in general? Like whether pregnancy, postpartum, mm-hmm. it's been a while, like all the above, just like, what's a favorite workout for you? Well, I really like hit workouts. So I'm a very high intensity cardio person. I feel like those kind of workouts really help me grow as a person because it teaches me endurance and it kind of pushes my limits. And I really like challenging workouts like that. Um, so I really like doing them in sets. 
and doing ab workouts like crunches and I like doing burpees which sounds crazy because most people hate them but I love them <laughs> and I love sumo squats and like swinging the kettlebell and push-ups though I will say I have a love-hate relationship with push-ups it's always been my hardest thing to incorporate into a workout but okay. those are my my favorites and I also really like resistance bands workouts on your legs and doing squats and things with resistance bands it's very fun for me yeah, I think I have one, but haven't used it. So it is that. so much fun. You're going to have to try it. <laughs> okay. And so what about if somebody is the opposite of you? It does not like the high intensity. What would you recommend to them? Well, it depends on what their goals are. So if their goal is to do, let's say they just want something to help them tone up. I always still suggest like an ab workout, just a slower intensity one. So the no impact and then also being up against the wall and doing some wall sits because you're not really moving. You're just, you're still building that strength in your core and challenging yourself. It's just not as intense. Um, and then I also recommend to everyone lunges, crisscross lunges, um, squats, yeah, pretty much. Those are like the foundation, I feel like, of every workout. Every good workout has things where you're toning an all-around total body workout. And those are the, they are just the basics of every single type. And now you can do them slower. So it's not as much of a cardio and it's more of a strength and muscle training. Yeah. Or you can do them as in high intensity and do them for 60 seconds. Let's just say you want to do 15 reps of crisscross lunges. Okay, so you do 15, take a break for a minute. And then you try another activity where let's say you're using some 10 pound weights and you're just slowly curling them up, bringing them back down, up and back down. You're still toning your arms, standing, supporting your core. You know, it's just a lot slower. Yeah, I like that. Um, that's interesting. Just how you're saying there's a core workouts that are kind of in all the really good ones and I really see yep. how you're talking about whole body I'm not the biggest fan of just focusing on one area mm -hmm. actually I do like the whole body movement yeah same um okay and so oh this was one that was really good <laughs> what do you do when you just don't want to work out you're not well, it depends on what my reasoning is behind it. Because like I said, if I'm overtired because I've been taking care of my daughter, I will give myself an extra rest day. Okay. I, that is just general rule of thumb for me personally. I don't like pushing myself when I'm already exhausted and feel like I've reached my limit. Yeah. So, so it's good knowing that about myself. But if I'm just having a day where I'm like, oh, I just don't feel like working out, but I have energy, but I don't really want to. I tell myself, no, I'm committed. Like today, for example, I've worked out every day this week and I am so tired today. And I was like, uh, I don't know if I really want to do this, but I made myself do it because I'm committed. So I think it's more of a mind over matter type thing. You just have to consciously choose to do it. There's not really one thing that gives you motivation other than your agency to choose to do it. Yeah. I've heard that kind of concept. Like once you actually make the decision, yeah. Like you just follow through with it. Yeah. You just so, be committed. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so pretty much in general, is there a favorite place online that you like to hang out or where would you like to send anybody that wants to connect with you? 
Yeah. So my Instagram page at Hannah's Thankful Wellness is a great place to connect with me. If you want to learn more about what kind of workouts you would like to do, I can help you do that as well. And I also post tons of recipes on my page. So I hope that you enjoy them, but that is the best place to connect with me would be on my Instagram. Awesome. I will link that in the show notes. And yes, I love seeing your recipes and your workouts in general. It's (laughs) It's always like trying to think about what do I want to make? And really food nutrition is very important in fitness. Oh, that is the ultimate for fitness. Yes. Because you can work out as much as you want, but if you're feeding your body, not good things, you're not going to get any results. You really have to up your nutrition, especially during pregnancy and postpartum. I know we have food aversions and things like that, but postpartum, you can really focus on it. Yeah. I know mm-hmm. soups are very good postpartum and yes, get a lot bone broth, bone broth yeah. soups are amazing. Yes, yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much, Hannah. I really appreciate you for, of course, the podcast. thank you for having me. It was wonderful. I see you struggling with keeping your home clean, with reaching your goals you're working so hard on, trying to figure out what's unhealthy and what's truly not toxic for you and your kids, and you're wondering if it's ever going to be possible, or at least get a bit easier, but it doesn't, and you're still having to rack your brain for what to make for dinner as the sun starts to set and your kids start to fuss and then proceed to full-on crying in a matter of minutes or still trying to finish that project you started months ago, or working so diligently, but the needle just doesn't seem to be moving forward. Finding out that yet another product you use in your home is bad for your health and you just have to get it out of your home, but feel too overwhelmed to even start it, let alone find a better option. Confused by the world's guidance and craving God's wisdom, and you're so sick of it. I see you. I was you, but let me tell you, there's another way, a way you can experience peace that's so freeing you didn't know possible, a way that you can live healthier and actually afford it, a way that you can have a low-tox home, a way that you can keep your home clean, a way for you to take the extra wasted time and guesswork out of the dinner process, a way to take steps forward in the direction of what's really important to you in your life a way to actually have fun while you're on your personal journey. I want you to let go of feeling like you have to figure it out all by yourself, wasting hours and hours of your precious time and spend only a fraction of that time with me. Right now, I want you to go on over to the link in the description and check out the Holistic Life Academy. And I want you to say yes for yourself And it's going to all be so much easier than you think. Head on over to Apple Podcast if you aren't there already and leave a rating and review on how you're liking the podcast to help me reach more moms so we can all live stress-free. P.S. If you're a working mama, share what you do for work to get featured on the Holistic Lifestyle Podcast. Looking forward to chatting with you next Tuesday. Have a blessed week.